You are listening to Honored with William McCarthy, live from Red Hook, Brooklyn. Happy holidays, friends. How are we holding up out there? Be honest with me. Be honest. You feeling it yet? You know, it's like these months until Christmas, until New Year's, I, I could actually get through it. I'm okay. But I have to call myself out on it. I don't know I don't know about any seasonal affective disorder, but I haven't left the house in a week. So I came back from Phnom Penh, Cambodia. I got here to my house and I haven't left. I went out one night. Um, I, I grabbed a quick drink with a friend of mine, Kathleen, and we went to see an Ethiopian band play. And it was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. It reminded me of Paul Schaefer. Um, if he was wearing a dashiki, <laughs> it was pretty bad, man. In fairness, like I think the vocalist went to go take a piss or something. It was, it was, it was pretty bad, kind of instrumental. Um, but anyway, yeah, and it was sponsored by YouTube, which gave it this like corporate event. Hey, how are you? My name's Katie. Step right down here. Okay, this is your name and your badge, and come on in. And uh, is there anything, guys? We have a Polaroid booth over there, sponsored by Instagram. And I was like, oh, this is this is kind of weird. Probably for the uh, the Ethiopian guys are probably like, all right, cool, man. We're, we're getting known. For me, I was just like, Ugh, what happened to this neighborhood? This sucks. And you look at, I just, when I see shows like that, that are going bad, they did seem very happy up there, but man, I played some weird shows. I was just talking to Tomislav Zovich today on the phone from Pela, drummer, and he was just, I was laughing saying that, he's like, how was Vietnam? How were the shows? I was like, they were great. You know, there were some weird ones. I, I, <laughs> I remember playing and seeing a plate of nachos go by and then like someone dropped a blue cheese dressing from some buffalo wings and I'm sitting there, I'm like, Jesus yeah, it's going to be hard to break this market. <laughs> and he told me, hey, don't worry about it, Billy Boy. I played a retirement home once. Uh, he said that he he played and there was a guy with emphysema that was <laughs> coughing the whole time. And um, there was a couple people talking to themselves and, a, and, and someone that was sleeping. <laughs> so it's not easy being a musician. Um, I remember we used to bring mouthwash. Listerine, and we'd put it on a on a rag, and we'd wipe down the microphones. Um, when you're playing the clubs, like you're the last one to play, you're headlining, and everyone is just projected all of their laryngitis and their their lager foam and their hard week and their childhood all over the microphone. And after four bands, it gets to touch your mouth, which goes into your lips when you and into your skin and in your bloodstream and after you just got off of an airplane that is filled with baby germs and people's hands and you've been made to take your shoes off to go through security but you're wearing flip-flops so now your feet is touching the floor you're in some bacterial hellhole anyways december let's talk about it is it me or does it just not feel like december i was talking to a good friend of mine ryan He's in Minneapolis. I don't know in Celsius, but it's zero there. It's 50. So it's 50 degrees colder than it is here. And I was asking him, I'm like, bro, what's it like? I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, I kind of know what it's like, but it's like tundra up there. It gets cold, but it's because we're on the water. And Red Hook gets it pretty bad. But he was like, you know, my, my nose hairs freeze. My, uh, my beard freezes. So... Yeah, I'm doing laundry today, and I'm like, wow, there's my shorts, all the stuff that I... Some, so what happens is I come home from tour, I go downstairs, I throw my bag, I don't even want to see the bag, I've been living out of it. I throw it on the 
on a on a little couch downstairs. I just leave it there. And, you know, a couple of days later, I'll throw it all in the washer. And this week, you know, just being eco-minded, eco yeah, I don't like to run the wash every day. I just kind of use it as a hamper, and it fills up throughout the, the week. I throw towels in there and stuff. And then I, I'll do a load. And so I'm doing my load, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's shorts. There's tank tops. There's, like, I, my kind of trusty shirt that I was playing all my shows in. Just my little collared shirt, trying to class it up. Just like, oh man, just as I said in the last podcast, there I stood singing in my threads, in my armor, my tuxedo, so to speak, in this humid tropical environment where I was eating soup, noodle soup for breakfast. And I was saying, I'm living in a dream. And what do you know? I'm like, you know, fawning over a pair of really bad shorts from Walmart. Anyways. Moving forward, how am I doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Yeah, it's feeling a little bit not like December. I have been kind of moving around a lot, and it makes me wonder. There's that film in the 60s, Endless Summer. Can you, have, can you outrun winter? Like, I've, definitely, I've spent some, some winters in Southern California, and it's interesting. You feel like you're cheating a little bit. You feel like you're getting away with it. And then you look at the, oh, you're sitting in Los Angeles. In fairness, it gets a little chilly at night. It's de it's kind of a desert, you know, climate. And then you just think about poor Ryan in Minneapolis. I had a great talk with him. We were talking about being overqualified. Ryan is doing a lot of outreach work. Ryan's the, the fellow that wrote um, Brother's Keeper. He's He wrote, instead of a bio when Rising Sunken Ships came out, he actually wrote like a 30-page story, um, like a mini epic explanation of what we had been going through. So I, we always check in. We've known each other for years and years, talking about how Red Hook's changed, what it's like working with at-risk youth, um, talking about feeling disconnected, Gen Xers feeling sort of like the baby boomers had this promise of pensions and retirement, and they believed in that stuff. And I think Generation X straddles the sort of the future in that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and so many people are part of tech and what's going on in modern times. And then, you know, there's this part where you're kind of connected to the boomer generation and believing in that side of America where you have millennials who have completely like, yeah, I don't know why they teach you algebra in high school. It's only for test taking. Um, they should be teaching people how to do accounting and how to like really have life skills. Um, there is no retirement. Are you kidding me, you stupid Gen Xers? <laughs> so we had a lot of talk about that. We were talking about being overqualified and overeducated because the boomer promise, promise when we were growing up, was that uh, you just keep, you know, you know, keep getting more education, with more degrees, just keep, you know, get go into debt and just keep getting more educated. And then we're seeing these kind of juggernaut upstart. Whiz kids um, in tech centers like Seattle and Austin. I just came from Hong Kong. I just came from Taiwan. I was in Taipei and just seeing all this startup, like very interesting. There's an interesting dialogue going on right now about should there be any billionaires? The 1% like hoarding all this money that they could never spend in a hundred lifetimes. Like what's the point of that? But you know, that's the world that we live in. And we were, Ryan and I were talking about how to kind of um, 
mind your own muse and, and, and listen to your own rhythms and go by your own words and your own trajectory and, and finding worth in yourself. And we were both laughing because I brought up the documentary R. Crumb that came out years ago. And I was saying, you know, there's this really kind of sad part where R. Crumb's brother's in this sort of shelter and he's not well, he's overweight. He kind of looks like Jan Daniel Johnston and kind of like just like let himself go and he's got mental problems. But R. Crumb visits him, the famous artist from Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. Um, he visits him and they just kind of carry on and they go get ice cream and then, you know, he doesn't let it get to him. He just kind of carries on with it. And I was saying, you know, we, we can't let this kind of stuff get us down. And Ryan brought up the best documentary that really like encapsulated all the stuff that we were talking about. He was like, you remember that documentary, The Cruise, about Timothy Speed Levitch? If anybody's out there and wants to see a great documentary, check out The Cruise. I think it's on Amazon. I watched it last night. It's basically about this funny, kind of nerdy Jewish dude. Um, it's unclear if he was if he grew up in like a, the Orthodox faith or how serious like his family was, but he does go on this kind of rant about his mother, Mem Levitch, um, in Westchester. And he's just got this like kind of these confines were thrust upon him. Anyway, he's this really skinny blazer wearing guy. Frankly, looks like David Koresh from the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas. He's got the same kind of weird Ronnie Millsap, David Koresh glasses. And uh, he, he goes on this, he calls it the cruise. And I think it's sort of a metaphor for life. He's like, you know, and here we are standing where Edgar Allan Poe got hooked on opium and wrote his penultimate work, The Raven or whatever. And then on this corner, Duke Ellington, blah, blah, blah. Um, just goes, has every single corner. He talks about George Washington kneeling downtown like there's a firehouse i remember when 9 11 happened i was down there it was one of the few places you could go a lot of people were leaving flowers there i didn't realize george washington was 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 like on the steps and and knelt down on this i think it's knelt down on this pillow and it's just kind of beautiful he just keeps this guy's like a poet he like weaves together all this crazy Basically, his mind is sort of like a trumpet in jazz. It's like, he just keeps going on, talking about the undulations and the, the sensuality of terracotta and these buildings. And I really, you really should check it out. But what I love about it is that he's like the, Timothy Speed Levitch is essentially the patron saint of overqualification. And wherever Ryan is, I hope that, that he has a laugh about that because he is this this nerdy tour guide in this double decker bus is pouring his heart into his work and it's him and his driver benitez he's like this dominican guy and timothy speed levich just gives his all to these like tours and no one gives a shit it's like japanese tourists people yawning people taking photos russian people like just kind of random random ethnicities and and uh generations and stuff really interesting so please check out the cruise it was a kick in the pants i'm doing great i mean i'm i'm a little moody i'm a little cagey i should be leaving the house but i just can't do it i don't know what that's about it's me i don't like the cold i don't like the gray i don't like the trees with no leaves on them i understand it's part of it but i just i mean i'm happier working on artwork and music so uh, I re released for my Onward community 
exclusively. I released an EP last week, and I've gotten some really great feedback. And I had to, I was talking to Ryan about this as well. So Ryan's a writer. I don't know if you guys, have, yeah, I mentioned that. And he um, he speaks around the country um, about uh, basically gay homeless youth and like the high high numbers um, that are stacked against them statistically about survival and how it's been an invisible population largely for many years. And Ryan's been a real advocate and standing up for these kids, which I love. Um, but I was just saying how funny, he's like, so how's the EP going? I'm like, great, I'm getting great, great press, uh, sorry, great feedback. And he's like, what about press? And I'm like, <laughs> I have an interview in Phnom Penh, Cambodia that I'm finishing up this week. I just got, um, someone reached out from Berlin, Germany, wants to do something with me and at a radio station in Minneapolis. And I was just thinking, Minneapolis, Cambodia, and Berlin. Wow, that's actually an achievement. That's actually a massive achievement. It looks kind of funny and small and weird and random, but it's, you know, for a kid from a, for a kid from a small town, it's a big deal. So let's get down to business. Okay, this weekend, tomorrow I'm leaving for Seattle. I am I am working for I I'm working with an organization called Treehouse and I want to just read you this um High Plateau Productions, that's my friend Dave, who I work with for shows. High Plateau Productions is extremely honored to be working with Treehouse for Kids for the William McCarthy and Andrew Jocelyn Music Glass Heartstream Choir show on December 14th in Seattle. We have set up a direct link fundraiser that will provide musical instruments to foster children. You can donate directly at http engagetreehouseforkids.org fundraiser. So... I'll put up a link tomorrow. Um, additionally, the day of the show, we are asking for donations for Treehouse for Kids. Toddlers, girls, boys, hoodies, toddlers, girls, and boys, jeans, child, girl, and boy uniforms, child, girl, and boy jeans, child, girl, and boy long sleeve shirts, etc. So we are raising uh, funds for a charity and we're doing uh, like, we're doing like a clothing drive. So um, the fella that you might've heard me talk about recently is Andrew Jocelyn. Andrew Jocelyn is an old collaborator. Um, he, he, he's, he's a violin player and I'm playing with his, his quartet and the glass heart string choir. So I'm doing a Christmas show. I went out and bought myself a suit. Um, I'm playing with the string sections, William McCarthy with strings. I believe it's sold out. I'm sorry. If anybody's looking for tickets, I'll let you know if anything comes up. Um, but Andrew Jocelyn has played on all the Augustine stuff. He's played on my stuff. I've sang on his stuff. And Andrew um, probably is claimed to fame as, A, being a composer and a brilliant um, violinist. But he also plays with a fella who did very well a couple of years ago called Macklemore, as well as... Uh, just a, a lot of guys like he, Mark Lanigan, like he plays with some real heavy dudes and he lives in Seattle. Uh, additionally, which really cool about Andrews, his brother is Chris Catan from Saturday Night Live. If anybody remembers him, I have yet to meet Chris, but I love the, I need more cowbell. <laughs> He's in that skit. Chris Catan was on Saturday Night Live for years and he was in the movie um, at the night, um, uh, night at the Roxbury. And he was friends with Chris Farley and all those guys and Will Ferrell. And he's a brilliant guy. Uh, so 
Andrew comes from some pretty damn good stock. He's a talented, both those brothers are talented. So, um, raising money and awareness and doing a clothing drive for foster kids when we come back. Okay, and we're back. So, um, Treehouse, yes. As I was saying, we are working with this organization trying to help foster kids. And I wanted to talk about being a foster kid because I was a foster kid. I was a foster kid for quite a while. And I did it all. Foster care tour, multiple. I think, by, I don't know if I was in emergency placement or whatever, but they bounced me around pretty much every couple months. And when you're a foster kid, it's the, it's the gamut of all the stuff you see around. Uh, big brother, big sister, I did that. I had a, uh, college, uh, a university student, I think at the University of Santa Cruz. He was an Asian guy, probably was like 21. And for some reason, he came and hung out with me and we went to the park. Probably the social worker set it up. Um, but that's life for a foster kid. You're kind of just directed to kind of go do stuff. Um, in my generation, it was that it was social workers. I had this. Her name was Claudia Schiller. She was a God. I wonder if she's still alive. But she always had very glossy eyes, like she was crying. She always look was looking at me. She looked like she was crying half the time. I, and I must have looked pretty bad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's the gamut, man. Food stamps, not for nothing, for real. Government cheese. Government cheese came in like this long cardboard box that was sort of like the kind of same box that Chris, uh, sorry, baseball cards come in and you would eat this cheese, but it wouldn't melt. And it's, I'm sure they've, they've have to, they had to have upgraded this. It was pretty bad. Like very much like hamburger helper, Mac, uh, you know, macaroni and cheese, um, big packets of sodium that you would dump on like rice TV dinners, Food stamps, pull them out of the grocery store. It's hard being a foster kid. Um, you know, you always feel a little small and a little weird. There's always some check or some government thing where you get in your school clothes and you, and you always have paperwork and there's always like notarized things with stamps on them. Um, people always have badges when you're a foster kid, like your, your, your social worker always has like a laminate. There's a lot of laminates and a lot of principal's offices that you sit in. A lot of, um, kids are messed up. Kids that coming in. I remember this girl, her name was paradise. I remember being at this foster care, this foster home. And she kept pointing at airplanes and she kept telling me that it was probably her mom coming to get her. And she was like this mixed race, girl with really you know like black people have very very smooth skin and kind of froey blonde kind of curly froey hair she, that's how she looked very kind of like light eyes she was really sweet but yeah she thought her parents were coming to get her and you just sit there and you're like jesus um it's not easy being a foster kid but what also what's going on with this organization is uh they're trying to get instruments to foster kids and i gotta say 
I'm really, I want to say a special shout out to Shannon Cook and also Dave Fernandez because that's a pretty damn special thing that you're connect, we're all connecting with here and that was all their work. But yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. You kind of feel less than and it's really hard, but music got me out of that stuff. I bounced around till I um, left home and what's my senior year, I dropped out. I got kicked out my junior year when I was 16 and I tried to make a comeback and I got booted out that first semester of my senior year. So I just left school. And that's what happens with kids that get bounced around a lot. Like bouncing out of school kind of feels kind of familiar and bouncing around and crashing at friends' homes. I guess I've kind of been crashing around for years and years and maybe with this organization, they can get a guitar into a kid's hands or a ukulele or a harmonica or some piano lessons. Um, it changed everything for me. Well, guys, I am going to head out now. I'll get some food. And I want to say thank you so much again. I know it's not out to the public. It will be out next month. The EP is called Bloodline. I'm releasing it. It is from an album called Wild Eyes that I worked on for 11 months. And I'm releasing it as a series of EPs. If I'm honest, it gives me the opportunity to do more videos, more content, more art, more behind the scenes. It's just got, I think we're in a day and age of like, yeah, when you release something like eight months ago, it's like eight years ago. So I think a lot of people are doing this and I'm gonna try it. I've done six records, seven records in my lifetime and I'm, I think I can afford to try this. Anyways, yeah, really wonder, I'm really wonderful. You're probably gonna hear it on some radio stations. Uh, so I'm getting, I'm kind of sending out my little press pack of people are reaching out or already about it. So yeah, man, if you hear it, support it, chat about it. I don't know. Um, make a link online, tell a friend. I don't, that's kind of how, how we're doing it around here. Just word of mouth, right? Independent music. Um, all the best to you guys. If anybody's struggling out there in December, which I know is hard. I know winter's hard. Keep your chin up. If it gets bad, DM me. You can DM me anyway. I travel a lot, but like honestly, if you're not well, reach out. And if not to me, reach out to someone. You are loved. And you never know what a little sunshine could do. There's all kind of ways to keep the mind busy through the winter. I really struggle in the winter months. So if anyone else is going through that, I feel you. Big hug. And here we go, Christmas. We're on our way. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City.